Welcome, listener, to Star Crashed. We discuss genre movies released before the year 2000. In this episode, we'll discuss a movie. But not yet! Because first, <laughs> I want to talk about a movie, among other things. But firstly, a movie that I saw uh, last week. Oh. And I just want to check in with you if you've seen it and what you think about it. Okay. So I want to talk about a movie before we talk about the movie. Okay. <laughs> uh, and that is John Wick. Ah. Number one. <laughs> ah, no, no, I have not seen that one. You have not seen no. that. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> but well, I've heard, heard good things about it. Yeah, and it's just become such an, like, internet phenomenon thing. Like, it's so, like, integral to meme culture, I feel <laughs> yes. like. So, and I've known about it for so long, like, definitely before it, you know, became this whole thing. So it was kind of neat to finally get to see it and actually got to see it with uh, with my partner. So we we were sitting there and we were kind of both um, like excited about, okay, we're finally gonna <laughs> be indoctrinated or, or whatever you want to call it. Uh, but yeah, that was uh, quite an experience. Um I, I I'd say that it's a slightly better like Statham or Statham or however his mm-hmm. name is pronounced. Mm-hmm. I love J- Jason Statham, but um, I never know how to pronounce his name, which is embarrassing. <laughs> but it's kind of like one of those movies, you know, mm. where it's kind of like glossy and there's just violence for the sake of it, and it's um, yeah, it's just there's really not a point to it. Um, and there is something about Keanu Reeves' uh, acting is uh, it's a bit peculiar, uh, which was also <laughs> interesting to watch. Yeah. Uh, but I did. I think I expected it to be a bit more like certainly because he's had that uh, hint of a cameo in uh, Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven, the mm. video game coming out next mm. year. Um, so I, I kind of expected it to be a bit more. Um, sort of like I haven't seen Drive, but you know that sort yeah, of yeah, yeah, um, trend that's been going for a few years. Kind now, of like so. cyberpunk without cyberpunk. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Just like the music left basically, <laughs> and there was one point where it was like that, but the rest of the movie wasn't. But the action was really great. It was really sleek, um, smooth action where you really felt like he could dodge anything and win over anybody Mm. Uh, and it was great so i do recommend it but i do think lower your expectations just 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 a little bit just a little bit okay good (laughs) advice yes in general it's a good advice but specifically for this one it's a really good advice so but it's still a fun movie so i do i do um uh intend to watch uh, the second one at some point, so I'll definitely update you and the listener to that as well. So, yeah, good, good. Have you seen anything or like done anything? <laughs> you know, before we talk about the main event here, or <laughs> oh well, I, I'm a since I'm on this podcast, obviously I'm a I'm a fan of film and television and I've seen I certainly a, hope yeah. so otherwise what are we doing <laughs> uh, so I've seen a lot of things since we talked last but uh, one thing that I wanted to to mention and recommend is a tv show that uh, I, I believe it was on Amazon Prime if I remember correctly uh, which is a steampunk fantasy and it's called Carnival Row <gasps> uh, 
with uh, I've seen yes. teasers of that mm. uh, with Orlando Bloom and uh, Cara Delavigne I think her name is yeah. uh, it was great um, love love the, the style of it um, it's you know it, it is fantasy and it has some, some uh, traditional fantasy uh, tricks you can say yeah, yeah. Or, and, and, and also like plot um, sequences but the steampunk element and the sort of the dirty not medieval city as it usually is in fantasy but more mm. sort of in the industrial revolution or near to the industrial revolution it's um was a really refreshing setting i think uh, for a tv series and and the fact that it's original it's not based on anything i think that was also really good is that so yeah, i yeah. i was like so certain that it was based on a book or something not to my knowledge like not to my knowledge um i mean i could be mistaken but uh, as far as i'm aware it's original for the tv cool Um, it was amazon you say i believe so yes um amazon prime and uh, it was great (laughs) and uh, you're gonna be depressed seeing that because things go (laughs) so bad for these characters uh and at the end of it you know, there's a season two coming and things are going to get worse before they get better. <laughs> but oh. there's so much. I mean, I don't know if you've seen the film Bright um, with Will Smith and uh, some other people. Uh, yes. Yes. Did not like, though. Just no. putting it out there. It was actually <laughs> uh, trash. But if you like it, no, I, you do you. But uh... <laughs> I, I was kind of neutral about Bright. Ah, okay. uh, but bo- both Bright and Carnival Row sort of has things to say about racism and sort of um, Mm. critique against minorities and things like Mm. that, you know, those subjects. And I think Carnival Rose does what Bright tried to do, but succeeds better at it. Oh, Uh, that's nice. Yes. That's nice. Oh, I'm really intrigued now. So I I have to ask, because I I think somewhere on Instagram or whatever... Uh, there was like a mention of fairies. So is there fairies in? Yes, in co- there is. Okay, yes. so I didn't spoil anything right now. There no. wasn't like the big twist at episode nine or something. No, no. no. Okay, good. The Cara's so, Cara de la Vinci character is uh, a fairy with wings and everything. So, oh, yeah. Of course, she is. She's beautiful. Of course, mm-hmm. she's a fairy. But there's there's this divide between the humans and the non-humans in this world and uh, a lot of the the series is about that uh, pretty much so i have to just ask like talking about fairies not to get too off track here but (laughs) like what's your opinion about fairies in general (laughs) because they are really popular right now or maybe like two years ago but you know (laughs) they're popular (laughs) Um, I can say that I think they're my favorite fantasy creature. Um, I tend to like the more, I don't know, the more alien kind of fantasy creatures like dragons. I think dragons are really cool. Mm. Fairies are like, they're a little bit human, but also a little bit not. I don't know. It, it, it depends on the context in which I encounter them. Sometimes I think they're really cool and sometimes not that interesting. Um, but I think in Carnival Row... Um, they, they, their culture is very interesting, like world building wise, mm. I think. Um, yeah, I'm definitely going to check that out. It sounds like something, uh, I would like probably, uh, just because of the setting and everything. So 
Um, yeah, so one final thing that I'd like to talk about before we get into the movie that we're actually going to talk about <laughs> in this episode. Uh, I just finished reading a book called uh, Exhalation by Ted Chiang. Ah. Mm. Yeah, and that is, if you don't know that, listener, it's a short story collection. I had a really interesting time reading it. I had some really, like, in the beginning, it was so, like, wow, I love this. This is awesome. To be like, oh, this is getting repetitive in the way he's writing it. Mm -hmm. And I kind of get the idea by now. So would you please, like, pick up the speed here? (laughs) Kind of. But man, his ideas are so interesting. And so fun to just play around with in your head. So anyways, so Ted Chiang, he also wrote Annihilation. And I believe Annihilation was a short story as well. Arrival. Arrival, yes. And I believe Arrival was a short story as well in another short story collection. Uh, It was really good. But at the same time, I had some dips with it where I was just like, yeah, I don't know. But I'm so intrigued to read the one with Arrival in it because I really liked Arrival and I know we've talked about it before. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, have you read anything by him or? No, I haven't, no. but I'm I'm very familiar with the name. He He's very popular in mm. um, science fiction uh, literature fandom. Um, and he's one of the few authors, I believe, who can actually make a living on writing short fiction, which yeah, he doesn't write anything. <laughs> yeah, that, that's than... really rare. Like most, mm. most, uh, you know, the, the the authors of the genre that can actually make a living from writing, they write novels. But he he writes short fiction, and it's it's really um, nice to see how he brings attention to that format because often the short fiction gets sort of put aside against uh, the full-length novels. So that's really great. Yeah, and I feel like also like reading um, that collection is just like, I love these ideas, but I don't think I would like to spend 300 pages, at least of him, in the way that he's written it, you know, in this collection. Uh, I don't think I would have liked to read three or four or 500 pages of mm-hmm. that idea. So it's just like a really neat way to get a lot of really fun creative ideas and start to like get some ideas spinning in your head um and i feel like you could turn any one of those ideas into either like a um you know short two episode um television series or a movie so i'm not surprised at all that um someone picked up arrival and went like yeah that's gonna be a great (laughs) and i can just feel because he had at the end of every short story he had a sort of like an um, an author's note on it where he was like, oh, I was listening to a lecture by so-and-so and talking about the dilemma of so-and-so. And I was thinking, hmm, what if? And then he sort of like writes a story about that. And it was just, um, yeah, I really recommend it. Great. Generally recommend it, like I said. Yes. <laughs> but, it, but yeah. Well, I, I feel like it's kind of the nature of um, anthologies and short story collections that you're going to like some of them and maybe not like others. Yeah. But uh, uh, if the overall experience was, was uh, good for you, then uh, yeah, great yeah. recommendation. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, we've got a movie to talk about. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> let's get back to that. Uh, Oh, wait, no, I have another one. Oh my god, can I be this annoying today? Are you okay with that, Linnea? Mm. 
you do not sound so certain about that. <laughs> but you're gonna be once you hear my recommendation. And that is the episode that you're on on Skiffy and Fanti Show. Oh my god. Oh, yes, okay, I've yes. listened to it. I finished it today, actually, oh. on the bus home. <laughs> Uh, and I just have to say that your effort or your contribu- contribution to the episode was really amazing. And, oh, thank uh, you. <laughs> if we haven't linked to it, we will do uh, in this episode. So okay. it was really fun. Fun listen, I think. Really okay, casual. <laughs> <laughs> I, haven't, so. I haven't actually dared listen to it myself. I was like, <laughs> oh my God. Too awkward. Too awkward. <laughs> no, you did great. You did great, and I, like I said, really casual, nice uh, feeling to it. So, uh, you do have a listen to that. <laughs> but of course, we are going to talk about a movie, an actual movie, in this episode as well, and that is Destiny or Der Mudetod. Please, Linnea, if you know how to pronounce that, save me because I'm drowning. I studied uh, French in school, not German. <laughs> oh, me too. Uh, <laughs> Der but I think, yeah, I, I think them. it's uh, Der Müde Todd, but ah, that uh, I could be wrong. I way mean. better. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, it's a silent movie from uh, uh, 1921, and it's basically a romance anthology, um, A Thousand and a Nights and One Nights style-ish mm. uh, story. So, uh, anyways, my name is Ebba. And my name is Linnea. So, what did you think about Destiny? Let's call it Destiny from the rest of the episode. Yes. Yeah, Destiny is uh, the English title of it. And the original German title, as we mentioned, is Der Müde Todd. Mm. Um, it is directed by Fritz Lang, which uh, is one of my favorite directors of all time. He directed uh, Metropolis, among other films, uh, which happened to be my, my number one favorite. So uh, I think it was my influence here that made us watch this film. <laughs> I was going to say, and that is why we chose it, because yes. you wanted to. <laughs> and also it's easily available. So yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, it was one of uh, Lang's films that I hadn't seen, uh, mm. and since you know it's a silent film, it's in the public domain. We can find it on YouTube and similar places, so so you could watch it as well. And yes. uh, like you were starting to to say there, uh, it is romance, it is fantasy, uh, it is an anthology, it is a tragedy. I would also call it so. Um, it has some some uh, influences from I think traditional um, stories and maybe even from Greek tragedies if you want to go mm. back that far um, about death and relationship to death essentially. Um, I don't know if you want to fate also. Yes, I feel yes, like yeah. Yes, I don't know if you want to um, talk a little bit about the plot maybe. Uh, I mean, there's several you're on plots a roll, in here, so go for it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, so in the beginning uh, we are introduced to this young couple they are in love uh, they, they want to get married and all that um, but something happens to the young man and he dies uh, and death in this film is like a character you know it's not just a concept he's an actual uh, not human but he appears as a human and he has a personality of a kind. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the young woman, she's of course heartbroken, uh, but she managed to follow the soul of her dead lover into the garden of death. 
And here he uh, sort of makes a, uh, not really a bargain with her, but he shows her three candles and he says that these candles represents three lives that are about to end uh, mm. when they have you know burned to the to the to the bottom. Uh, if you can save one of them, I will give you back. Uh, your lover uh, and that is where the anthology part comes in because she goes into each life for these three mm. candles and it is um you know different sort of fairy tale kind of stories um I, one is in um ancient persia i think um one is in venice and one is in um, ancient china so it's very different and very sort of interesting to see the the three stories play out um, I, I reckon we will get more into the individual uh, mm. stories later, but mm. in the end, um, she does not manage to save any of them because their fates are sort of, <laughs> they are going to die. <laughs> you know, she can't really do anything yeah. about it. Um, yeah, it's one of those things where things are just so stacked against the mm. couple because each of those stories is a couple um sort of having the odds against them and and it's just apparent from the beginning that it's just too much for her to be able to save um mm. the life that she's meant to save so yeah yeah mm. and uh, well i think uh, i believe she dies at the end as well so it's kind of a happy ending kind of not um uh, but you can definitely see how fritz lang is exploring his relationship to death. Um, and wh what I read about this film is uh, that this comes from two things. One was the death of uh, Fritz Lang's mother, who passed away not long before this movie was made. Uh, and uh, also, of course, the end of World War One, which happened also shortly before uh, this was made. So, of course, yeah. Um, he felt that he needed to explore it, and I think he does it really well. Um, but it is... Not an easy subject to handle <laughs> because it's so. No. Oh yeah. No, and there is. I don't. It's not a nitpick, but it's just something about how things were set up in the beginning that I was a bit confused about. Mm -hmm. So death sort of like comes to the town, and the town is this sort of like old timey. German-ish city. I have no idea where it's supposed to be. I can't remember if there was a name in the beginning. Uh, but then he buys a plot of land and it's right next to a church, if I remember correctly. Yes. And he builds an enormous wall around this plot of land yeah. and no one can get in. And I... Why? <laughs> why? Was he like a hobbyist real estate owner as well? Like... <laughs> what was the point of that um, <laughs> I just want to clear that out so I can move on basically <laughs> um, I think there's two ways to think about that I mean first of all I think you can just look at it as Fritz Lang needed like a physical place where the young woman would have to get into because like you said mm -hmm. there's no way yeah. to get into this but she managed to do, yeah. to do it True. Um, and he, he needed an actual physical place for that mm. to happen um, but I also think there is like hints throughout the movie that death is sort of 
he's wary of what he's doing you know he he knows he has to do what he does um but he has sort of stopped enjoying it and he's um he's sympathetic towards humans so i think mm. maybe building this place this garden is a way for him to maybe connect more with humanity possibly um though You're right <laughs> it does also add a bit of a sort of comedic touch to the beginning of the film because you see this town council they're like yes. we can't let him build up there but they're like but it's his land but like, no 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 not next to the church and uh, yes. you know it was really and people funny. looking up at the wall and being like how on earth oh. <laughs> yeah but you're absolutely right about him wanting to get closer to like a human life or the human life experience basically because that's what he uh sort of makes a bargain with um, the young woman in the uh, in the very end where he says like if you can if you can get me one hour or a year of a life um for him i think mm. that's what he meant i mm. uh maybe i got it incorrectly but uh, and for him to experience that i don't know if that's or if that was me reading into it, because he was sort of, like you say, really sad about being dead, essentially. <laughs> like, oh, what a burden and everything. So, mm-hmm. yeah, you could tell that he did, he wasn't a fan of the, his way of life. Uh, and he wanted something differently. But, um, yeah, that's probably it. Like, she needed to get into a physical space and he wanted to, uh, like, have a witch garden. I guess. Yeah, or something. Yeah. But <laughs> I don't know. I, I, but thank I, you for I, sorting that out for me. <laughs> I will have to say though that um the scene where she does get into this garden, um uh, she's walking up these stairs, these really mm. long stairs. Um and having seen Metropolis, I got some like oh this is like a bit early yes. like expressionists uh aesthetic and scenery here and it was really cool. I lo- I loved how it looked. Um and I I love that kind of um, that that kind of films. Uh, mm-hmm. This is I'm not like nearly... waving my arms here in the room, uh, <laughs> but, but of course you can't see me because the sets in this thing is really impressive. I feel like, mm. uh, and they're really varied, and they have a sort of uh, depth to them and everything. So you can definitely see like how you can see that this is someone who knows what he's doing um, for the most of the part. Sometimes it looks a bit. Oh, but they are they are impressive. I was yeah, they were one of the really nice features of this film. I think. Yeah, yeah. And you can really. I mean, it's not nearly as expressionist as Metropolis, no, obviously, no, no, because no. Metropolis <laughs> is like an extreme it's case. Work of art, <laughs> Metropolis. It's not comparable in that point. But you can see that th- this is someone who likes really like likes to, likes to play around with environments mm-hmm. and uh, create a world. Uh, and uh, sort of like playing around with the um, uh, uh, with depth and everything to make it mm. look bigger and everything like that. So it's yeah, uh, it's yeah. really neat uh, to look at. Yeah, and having seen Metropolis many times as I have, <laughs> obviously, mm. um, I can I can see I can sort of see the progression of him as a director. Mm. You know, I can tell that yes, these are made by the same the same person and. Uh, he has sort of honed his craft that he's beginning to show here in Destiny, uh, as with the scene with the the staircase that we're talking about, uh, and he's honing that and and improving so much on it yeah. in, in Metropolis. And uh, yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, definitely. Uh, but getting into like the story a little bit um, more, um, 
How did you feel like the whole three candles thing worked? Because I was a bit confused about it because you think that like first firstly where is it set like is it set in 1840s or 1230s like when when is this woman alive you know what's her era essentially Uh, but anyway so let's say like she's living in 1820 let's say Mm -hmm. Uh, but she's going into different times I felt like Yes. She went back in time. So it didn't... For me, it was a bit weird um, how she was living in maybe 18... Well, maybe like 1850s, actually, based on the clothes, clothing and everything, or even later. But um, And then she went to, like, Venice, and it was absolutely, like, the 1500s or something. Um, and the China... Um, con- setting uh, I don't know when that was supposed to be set really but way back (laughs) I guess Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. uh, along with um, the sort of generic middle eastern orient fantasy also way back I felt like Mm. Uh, so what I would like to know from you is like what did you think about that but then I have a to to sort of like get it straight in my head, I had a theory of like how this whole candle place could be set up. But I would like to hear your... Oh, I knocked my uh, microphone over here. Uh, but I would like to hear your thoughts about that first before I hog this the situation here and <laughs> go on for yep. an hour. You bring up a good point because that's the fact that she appears in different time periods... Um, isn't really explained in the film, uh, but I think there is. <laughs> I'm gonna repeat myself here. I think there's two <laughs> ways to look at this. Um, one, I think it might imply, and this is not explicitly stated in the film, but I, it's my interpretation that mm. um, time is not really a thing for death. You know, he mm. is timeless. So for him, these different tales, they just, you know, they take place with. For for the living people, um, mm. but for him, you know, time, time doesn't matter. He doesn't really. It's not important to him that one is mm. in the past and one is in present time or whatever. Um, and then I also think maybe you can look at it that these stories, because in each story we have uh, two, <coughs> a, a couple. We have two lovers in each of the stories, mm. uh, and they are played by the same actors uh, as. The, the 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 couple in the main story uh so i think maybe you can say that well you know these are the reincarnations of these people maybe uh and that unfortunately their their love story is doomed <laughs> in every incarnation uh possibly but that's also just my me putting my thoughts into it it's not something that the movie states um but it is something you can um consider at least as an explanation yeah, because I was sort of thinking like in the lines where you were like with your first like time doesn't really matter. Like these candles and, and every life and everything, it exists basically at the same time because time is meaningless, like you say. So uh, something that happened in 1230, let's say, uh, that life can be put out by her in this sort of timeless place Um by this future lady <laughs> or however you want to uh, say it so uh, that's sort of how I um, 
decided to look at it basically um, because it seemed a bit confusing to me so that's how I was thinking about it too like it's just like this timeless place where every life is um, floating around and God and death is working their fate on it I guess Mm -hmm. Uh, so it's kind of nice that we both sort of came to that conclusion (laughs) because then maybe that is what it's supposed to be (laughs) And maybe a bit of incarnation as well. Yeah. yeah. Because, I mean... like you say, it's the same <laughs> actors. So. Um, I think that the fact that the movie does raise this question is interesting. And, and right? uh, might be, <laughs> probably was intentional from Fritz Lang's part. That, you know, he he is, like I said, he is exploring death and the, the inevitable nature of death. Mm. And uh, with that comes, you know, a question of, of time and... Um, a sort of spiritual immortality if that's possible and and things like that so yeah it's fascinating subject yeah yeah but it is rather grim like yes uh, it's very you brought up like first world war here and i definitely feel it like Mm. the inevitability of it all and everyone is kind of violent and petty and just not looking out for their fellow human in any mm. way. Mm. Um, yeah, grim. <laughs> like, the happy ending is that the young woman gets her man, like her, the love of her life, <laughs> by them both being dead. Yeah. And they're, they look absolutely distraught and this, they rise up as souls again. Mm. And they just look... Like, they've had a few rough years. <laughs> and they can't yeah. be bothered with making any decisions right now. And oh. it's... I almost cried, to be honest. <laughs> I was like... I felt it. I was like, oh, no, this is... This is really sad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, I must say, I mean, if I'm going to talk about my, my like overall experience mm. with the film, is that it was a bit slow in the beginning. It, it took oh, a while sure. before it really hooked me. But then, you know, the ending, it's such a strong mm. ending. It really sold me at that point. I was just like, yep, I love this movie now. <laughs> yes. I, f- I feel like it's... When it's slow, like especially in the beginning, it's like, mm. where are you going with this? Why is it building a wall? I don't... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know... Uh, But when there's action and when there's like really heart-wrenching emotion, which hats off to the main actress here, uh, she really brings it, I feel like, to the role. Yeah. um, But when that is happening, like you really, you really sucked into the, into the screen. So, um, but yeah, the the slow parts can be really slow. I did lose some interest for, you know, like a few seconds here and there, (laughs) but... uh, but uh, yeah, overall, it's a great movie, I feel like. Mm. Um, totally agree. Yeah. Check <coughs> that. Uh, oh, ska vi kanske prata lite om the special effects? För det var ju en del sånt ändå. Uh, har du mm. lust att lyssna lite på det? Ja, ja absolut. Uh, um, ska jag fråga dig kanske? Ja, för att... So another thing that I really found intriguing and, and entertaining to watch was the special effects. Uh, what's your opinion on those? There were a few. Yeah, there were there were a surprising amount actually mm-hmm. because um, you know knowing 
Fritz Lang's movies, he's usually someone who does his effects just by like scenery and lighting. Um, but in this case, he actually has like more technical special effects, especially in um, the third sort mm. of story in the story yes. with, where they are in ancient China um, and. Uh, this I don't know was he like a magician of some kind but he yes and uh, I think he was just some sort of wizard <laughs> yeah yeah he, he was performing tricks at least for um, uh, this uh, leader like a clan leader mm. or something I don't remember he had a title but I don't remember yeah. um, and one of the tricks is to like conjure or at least like create the simulation of this small army with uh, people on foot and people on horses that walks acro- uh, across um, uh, a mat. And it was really cool. And it looked like you, you saw this tiny horse stand yes. beside this uh, normal-sized person. And it looked real. Like yes. It looked so realistic. And I was so impressed with it. I was like, wow, wow, that was a really good effect. I mean, you've got <laughs> this... I mean, just imagine building those giant-ass shoes i mean to make that that horse look so small and those people look so small those shoes were huge so it's just so so cool Mm. i don't know how to explain it better but it was just it looked really smooth as well really smooth yeah um and i also really enjoyed uh, at one point the uh the young woman brings um brings forth uh, fire demons and you got these oh, yes, three right. yeah. yes these three heads and you can't kind of see the body on one of them i don't think you're supposed to or maybe mm. you are but i you know, i don't know uh, and they're on fire and they just look really terrific really terrific um and i also really enjoyed when the magician got a um or maybe he was sending away the letter i can't recall right now but he was he had a telegram or like whatever ancient chinese version of a telegram (laughs) would be like and then the telegram sort of flew away it was sort of like its own character and it flew away from him Uh, Mm. that that was also a really neat uh, special effect moment i feel like so yeah the third act was um one of the strongest yeah, and Axe also, the movie, yeah. Um, I think we need to mention they had a flying carpet. <gasps> yes. Uh, it was cool also really like cool. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and um, based on what I read, um, the movie Thief of Baghdad, which also has a famous flying carpet scene, was inspired by this film. Oh, um, that's it awesome. Did, I haven't yeah. seen that one, though. But I've, yeah, cool. I haven't seen it either, so maybe we, we should, should watch it. I don't know. Um, it, the Thief of Baghdad didn't credit this film <laughs> for, as inspiration, but it mm. seems like almost all the sources say that yes, this is what inspired it. So that's oh, that is probably, quite awesome. Yeah, and yeah. it looks great. It does. Uh, yeah. So yeah, that third act is just mwah, beautiful. <laughs> I think if you can look past, we do need to get into this. Yeah. Uh, that it is ex extremely stereotypical <laughs> and racist <laughs> yes and culturally insens- insensitive <laughs> yes all of the buzzwords um it is uh, definitely one of those where you need to shut off your shut up your modern uh, brain yeah uh, and yeah. sort of put it into its context otherwise uh, you'll be like huh uh, but it does have that sort of like naive quality to it so it's not 
it's not as bad as it as some things are, <laughs> if we put it like that. It's a bit. Uh... I would call it uh, exoticism. Yes, like, that's a good uh, word. Yes, it looks at different cultures with a very, very particular kind of glasses. <laughs> um, we need to talk about the kissing scene. Yes, go on. Mm. Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, and you know, with modern eyes, we would call this. Yes, this is racism. But I don't. I, I I'm not an expert on Fritz Lang's like life and his ideologies uh but based on what i know i don't think he was necessarily racist but mm. he did he did have views on certain cultures that is was just part of the the, the environment he Culture grew up of in the time yeah. yes yeah exactly yes. Mm. um so <laughs> watching it with modern eyes you're just like mm, yes that chinese is not actually played by a chinese person but you know. yeah and where is this uh, per- persian middle eastern orient land really and <laughs> yeah. <laughs> why are yeah it's just a lot of that but uh mm. if you just shut it up uh, or shut it off or however you want to call it then um it's an it's a fun watch in that way but there and if is, you if, yeah. yeah if you feel like you can shut that part off that's totally fine you yes know? you don't course. have to like this movie if you feel that yes. the racial stereotypes is a bit too much you know mm. it's it's okay yes, <laughs> just like it's a, just like it's okay to also like the film um but you have to look at it in i think a, a historical context and sort of um realize that if fritz lang worked today he would not do these things it's, it's yes. a product of the time he was born in so yeah uh, so the kissing scene, just wrapping uh, the whole exoticism and weirdness <laughs> thing. In the third act, our favorite one, as I feel we have had, we have uh, established. Yes. Uh, the two main characters, the lovers, they kiss in such a weird way. I know. Could you please describe this for the listener? <laughs> I have no idea where to start with it. <laughs> it's it's uh, it's not really like what we think of as a kiss today. It's just sort of. Like lightly touching <laughs> lips with each other, like mm, 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 mm. It's, it's weird. It looks weird, yeah, and they but... go like, I don't know, I have, I don't know how to explain it. Like, they shift their heads to the sides mm. continuously. So they, oh, oh. it's so weird. It's so weird. <clears throat> but yeah. Um, that's something you also have to look forward to if you decide to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> um, well then, moving on to Bang Bond Blast, which is our f- version of Fuck, Mary Kill in that order. Uh, and <laughs> the selection here, uh, quite interestingly, is uh, Girolamo. And he was um, the evil fiancé in the Venice uh, story um, mm-hmm. uh, the, the, the girl oh, no. in the love couple uh, was forced to marry him instead of her lover uh, and then we have the emperor no. my earlier colleague clan leader uh, no. <laughs> uh, who uh, was uh, a part of the um, story in ancient China where he also desired our lovely main character, uh, so she could not marry her lover. Uh, and then lastly, uh, the, ca- the caliph, uh, who was in the Persian story, uh, where uh, his sister 
um, has it together with her lover and he doesn't like it. So we have the three bad guys in the three stories. I feel like we haven't had a selection like this <laughs> ever. <laughs> Honestly, like we're, there's always one that's at least doable or <laughs> however you want it. This is just torture. <laughs> ah, oh, they're equally horrible people. Yeah. Oh, no. I just want to point out, you put yourself through this torture because you actually made the choices for these characters. <laughs> I know, but still, I feel like... I feel like... Hmm. Hmm. It had to be done, you know? I'm just yeah. really sad I have to go first. Oh, no. You know, when you were reading them, I was thinking, like, I had their faces and their expression and just the horrible things that they were doing. I was just like, no, this is <laughs> this is not fun. Uh, so I think I'm going to be, like, really shallow. Like, I'm not going to think too much about this one. So I'm probably going to bang uh, the caliph i mm -hmm. think uh because his like his living room seemed really nice <laughs> i mean honestly this is the best i can do uh <laughs> i'm gonna bond with and hear me out now i'm gonna bond with um how did we pronounce his name Giro girolamo or girolamo girolamo i think i say girolamo yeah. girolamo yes yeah. uh because i feel like medieval venice is a nice place and i can all always plot my way to his death so i feel like it's gonna be a really short bonding session uh, and uh, uh, he will die horribly uh, by my then um, lover <laughs> <laughs> so that's how i'm gonna i'm gonna be really italian romance drama on his ass uh, and then i'm gonna blast the emperor he was really like a nasty character, I feel like. Uh, he got a really awesome tiny army. And all he wanted was to like have sex with the... Uh, or rather rape the young girl that was mm. in the company. And I just feel like that's that's just nasty. No. Yeah. Yo, you're done. So that's my choice. Uh, <laughs> how about you? <laughs> I think I'm going to go for the same ones. Um Blasting Wise the emperor <laughs> because I mean he was a tyrant. The emperor, yeah, uh, not good. Not a, not not a catch. Let's just mm -mm. say that. Um, I mean, true. I could bond him and become empress and then kill him and then remain rich. I guess. Hmm. Uh, yes. But I don't know. I mean, you had to go through like a wedding night. So no, no. <laughs> mm -mm. Mm -mm. <laughs> uh, <laughs> And then I would probably bang uh, the ca the caliph. Um, I, he, he wasn't a great character, but he was slightly better than the emperor, I guess. I mean, he's like, he's a tyrant, but it is, he's a smaller scale tyrant. So I could yes. like, yeah, maybe mm. one night. I could do one night with him. Mm. Uh, and then I would bond Girolamo. Um, I mean, he, he, he wasn't a nice guy, obviously, mm -mm. because he... Uh, he wanted to marry this girl and he knew she did not want to marry him mm -hmm. and he plotted uh, to have her separated from her lover and everything but I kind of feel like he was self-aware like he knew I'm the bad guy and I'm very like unashamed of being the bad guy like Interesting. Um, 
I kind of felt like I, I understood him better than the other two, so I, I suppose That's I could true. live with yeah. bonding with him. A choice as good as any, honestly. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, from that to something else, uh, I'm really curious uh, to hear how you would argue why Destiny should win a Gordon. And a Gordon is, of course, our version of the Oscars. And it is as equally valid and important as the Oscars. Obviously. Yes, they report about it every single, every other week, I mean. <laughs> but yeah, argue. Oh, yes. Well, there there's several um, parts of this film that I think deserves a Gordon and an Oscar, if the Oscars had existed at the time this was made. Um, but I would actually love to give a Gordon to the main actress. Um, I believe oh. her name is Lil Dogover if I remember correctly. Mm, yeah, that's uh, so. And she has arguably the biggest role in the whole film. Mm. Um, I mean, Death is also a really important character, but she is in the main story and she's also in the, the three minor stories within the story uh, and playing four different characters and mm. she does a great job of it. And mm-hmm. I think, you know, her effort deserves recognition. So I will give a Gordon to her in the category Best Actress. <laughs> Very, very well deserved, I think. It's really nice that she gets a little bit of light shining on her because she did do a terrific job. Uh, I'm going to go a semi-serious route as well. I think that the set design deserves an award. Mm. It's not the greatest I've seen, but I do feel like that there is some real creativity and um, talent and uh, craftsmanship to the sets here. Not all of them look great, but some of them look really... Like, you want to look at those things and just be like, hmm, nice environment, I believe this. Uh, so, yeah, I think it's really important for that as well. Great. Yeah. Well deserved. <laughs> so, from the Gordons to the double features, do you have any recommendations of some sort of media or movie... Uh, something that would make a good fit for Destiny. I have a few, actually. I have a few movie recommendations. Um, so as we have established, Destiny is an anthology, which means that there are like several smaller stories within a, a larger frame story. Uh, and there was a, another movie like that made a few years before Destiny, which is a rather well-known one that is called Intolerance, Loves Struggles Throughout the Ages, uh, which is also an anthology and deals with looking at characters at different um, time periods and uh, in different situations in life and sort of um, bringing it together in a broad perspective. Um, I haven't seen it myself, but it is a classic and I believe that one also has seen in ancient Persia, for example. So it's, it has some similarities to Destiny. Though bear in mind, it was, was made by... <laughs> yes, it was made by D.W. Griffith, who is also famous for making Birth of a Nation. Uh, the uh, movie about Ku Klux Klan. So if mm. you don't want to watch his film for that reason, that's fine. <laughs> mm. Just, you know, skip it if you want to. But I thought it was interesting to mention because it is also an anthology film from basically the same time period mm-hmm. as Destiny. Um, and then also another, which I know I've mentioned uh, to you and to uh, to the podcast listeners before, which is Death Takes a Holiday. Uh, it was made in the 30s, so it's it's a sound movie, but it is black and white. 
it is thematically similar to Destiny, but when Destiny is like a fantasy tragedy that takes a holiday, it's more of a fantasy comedy, um, or at least it's happier than Destiny is. <laughs> but it still deals with death and people's relationship to death and how they greet him and how they meet him and, and things like that. So I think they would do well together. And thirdly, um, when I was watching Destiny, the character of Death and how he looks and how he's portrayed mm. reminded me of another Death character, a rather well-known one from the Seventh Seal uh, or the, the Sjöndinseglet mm. in its original Swedish title, mm. which is of course made by Ingmar Bergman. Uh, and it, that one is also a great movie and I mm -hmm. have no doubt that the death in that movie was inspired by the death in Destiny because they have a lot of similarities. Definitely. So, uh, yeah, those are my recommendations. Nice, nice. Uh, definitely ditto the uh, seventh, se seventh Seal one. Uh, it's been a, quite a few years since I saw it, but it is a great movie, so uh, well worth its classic status, I feel like. Uh, yeah, I've got a few ones as well. Um, I'm going to start off with a book recommendation, mm -hmm. and that is Monkey, A Journey to the West by mm -hmm. Wu Chengen. I'm probably butchering the name. I'm very sorry for that. Um, it is a, I believe it was written like in the, I want to say like 16th or 15th century or some, you know, mm -hmm. like early cool. era mm -hmm. here. Uh, and it the one I read and the one that's most widely available and it is the penguin version um it's very abridged so it is qu quite much thicker <laughs> <laughs> if you're if you're reading the actual one but um even so like the one the one the penguin one is still really uh quite hefty and there's a big 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 chunk to read there and um it's just really nice cozy but at the same time exciting uh read it it does have that sort of like i don't know quite how to describe it but where you feel like the story is like kind of going like in a circle i feel like a lot of older books sort of have that feeling where mm -hmm. it's, it's things just sort of happen and then characters come back and you're thinking like this character why would you bring that character back but for some reason that is just how it's supposed to be so <clears throat> It does have that circular feeling, but uh, uh, I do recommend it. I did have a lot of fun fun reading that one. Uh, cool. There are some parts that could definitely be skipped if you feel like it's getting a bit dreary, just a, or like a bit dull. Skip it if you feel like it, but I I really like it. It's really cr creative and fun. Uh, and then I would also recommend... A movie which probably is not news to anyone, but I was sort of hooked onto the the whole death thing and really like weird or or strange rather environments and how you end up being chased by <laughs> strange <laughs> things. Uh, and that is the adventures of Baron Minchausen's. I mm. uh, think that's the correct title in English. Um, mm. It's a really weird movie that I absolutely loved when I was a kid. I might even have brought it up when we were talking about our favorite fantasy movies. Um, I think you did. At the beginning. Yeah. 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 It's just really like if you watch that at an age when you're really moldable, <laughs> then you come out weird at the end. Uh, and I think that's great. So 
<laughs> Show it to your kids is my recommendation. <laughs> yeah, and a final one. Uh, a final book recommendation, just throwing it in there. You, you've read it as well. And that's The Forbidden Wish by uh, Jessica Corey. Mm, a, yes. a romance <laughs> orient. <laughs> well, I shouldn't say orient because orient is really not um, a thing. <laughs> it's not a real thing. But it's a, a, um, a story inspired by Arabic uh, folklore and things like that yeah and, and like uh, thousand and one nights thousand and one nights like, yeah. uh yeah so if you like aladdin and things like that and if you like destiny maybe you'll like that as well it's a nearly easy read and i think i feel like it's worthy of rec- being recommended several times in different arenas yeah <laughs> absolutely absolutely so, I, uh, like like you said i also read that book and yeah. i thought it was great so yeah yeah, check it out. yeah. so um like just a quick question throwing it out here to sort of wrap things up but do you think that this should be remade in 2020 no um (laughs) okay moving on then (laughs) (laughs) i mean the themes the themes of the film absolutely i mean exploring death is something we can always do and i think yeah uh quite recently like terry pratchett did it in in his books and and the um tv series that was based on his books so absolutely you can do that but the movie itself i think it's the kind of movie that could only be made in the 20s like it's a very 20s kind of film um and i don't really feel that we could or should try and reproduce it um um as as a movie but uh, but the themes itself sure we make those if you want but Mm. the movie itself stays yeah i agree it's a piece of history that maybe wouldn't be translated very well today i think Mm. but the themes Mm. are eternal so have at it uh yeah (laughs) that's probably all i have to say about destiny to okay if it should be remade (laughs) yeah but I think uh, the conclusion is that we both liked it and we both recommend it, um, uh, especially the considering the ending, which I think we both really appreciated. Mm. So um, yeah, uh, check it out. It is public domain, so you can find it on uh, YouTube and uh, I don't know, maybe on archive.org possibly. Also, they have some, some uh, public domain movies there, so check shake for that um and uh well as a fritz lang fan i also recommend his other films but uh, <laughs> anyone in particular <laughs> well there's this one called metropolis it's really good oh really i haven't heard about it <laughs> no i haven't just mentioned it like a thousand times to you before anything but yeah uh, <laughs> Uh, so, listener, have you seen Destiny? We want to know what you think, so go to our Facebook page, uh, Starcrash Podcast, where you can share your thoughts and also give us recommendations for future episodes. Uh, we also have an Instagram account, if that's more Georgian, and that is also Starcrash Podcast. And join us in two weeks as we sit down and talk about Heaven Can Wait. Uh, join us then, and uh, bye-bye. Bye. Bye.